Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Good morning, church. Um, My name is Victoria Jackson, and I help to lead a life group um, in our student ministry. Um, So today's scripture is John chapter 6, verses 22 to 35. Um, And this takes place immediately following the feeding of the 5,000. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the far shore saw that the disciples had taken the only boat, and they realized Jesus had not gone with them. Several boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the Lord had blessed the bread and the people had eaten. So when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they got into the boats and went across to Capernaum to look for him. They found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understood the miraculous signs. But don't be so so concerned about perishable things like food. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life um, that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. They replied, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. They answered, Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? After all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say, Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said. Give us that bread every day, Jesus replied. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. Firstly, happy Mother's Day to all you mums. Um, And as Lauren said earlier, if you don't know me, my name's Ian, and I am the associate and student pastor here at Antioch. Just want to give you a very warm welcome. Uh, I just want to say as well, I have just enjoyed so much um, being able to see everyone on these Zoom calls. It's crazy to me to think that this time last year was uh, the last time that we were doing an in-person service without all the restrictions uh, just before we went into our first lockdown. Um, And so I feel like uh, when we get back to having uh, normal services without all the restrictions and we're able to see each other properly face-to-face without all the masks and everything, we're going to have a lot of catching up to do, which I'm really excited to do with you guys. Uh, but just a, a brief update in the Merton household, besides what you heard from my wife a moment ago about buying a dog, we've actually, uh, we've been in what, um, as many of you will probably have experienced, is uh, endless Zoom calls, uh, endless homeschooling, and uh, building projects. Um, but as well as that, we've been learning to cook different cuisines from around the world. 
obviously we haven't been able to travel around the world. So we decided that we were going to bring the different nations right to our own home. So we've been, uh, we've been via our kitchen to uh, Japan. We've been to Mexico. We've been to China. We've been to Italy. We've been to America. We've been to Vietnam and France. You know, we've been all over the world, right from the comfort of our own home by cooking different meals from those places. And Actually, one of the big themes of uh, this last year has been, um, as I'm sure it probably is for many of us, is, is eating way too much food. Um, and so, uh, in fact, I think my family uh, between us has eaten our combined weight in hummus, Doritos, cheese and crackers. Um, and so we decided in the new year that we would wanted to learn how to eat healthily and to exercise more. And so beginning of the year, we, we started doing that and we've been paying close attention to our calorie intake and the different nutrients we are getting each day. And, and the interesting thing is that uh, one of the biggest shifts that I found as I've been doing this and going through this process is that I'm eating drastically less few, uh, less calories, um, but I'm actually finding that I'm I'm more alert during the daytime, and I'm also sleeping better because my body is getting the right things. You know, I've actually begun to feel better as a result of it. I've been able to feel better in myself. Now, don't get me wrong. There's been times where I've been. Uh, desperate to just eat a nice greasy burger uh, and there was at one point where I had to ask Katrina to stop putting kale in literally every single meal of the day but as a result of getting all the right nutrients uh, my body has just experienced a dramatic change and it's been hugely beneficial. Now why am I telling you all a random story about me trying to eat healthily? Well, you'd be pleased to know it's not because I'm trying to get you on some sort of a diet plan. It's actually because we're starting a new series called the five spiritual food groups. And the, the premise of this series is that we will be able to actually look at what the Bible says about getting a healthy spiritual diet. Because if we want to be spiritually healthy, we need a good spiritual diet. Now, just as a, a spoiler alert, if you actually want to find out more of what these five spiritual food groups are, then I'm afraid you're actually going to have to wait until next week. Uh, so make sure that you tune in and find out about that next week, because this week I want to uh, specifically focus on um, one question in particular, and that is this. Why is it important to nourish yourself spiritually? Now, the majority of us probably think about what our physical bodies are needing uh, multiple times a day, you know, given most of us will eat several meals a day. But how much time do we spend thinking about what our spirit needs? So the truth is that feeding ourselves physically comes very naturally to us. You know, we have certain triggers that tell us that it's time to eat again. You know, for example, um, our stomachs start to rumble. Uh, we, we get, uh, and particularly I see this in my children, when they're hungry, they get hangry. You know, they start to get a slightly short fuse. They, they get a little bit grouchy. Um, and so, uh, yeah, we actually 
have these signs, these physical signs that tell us we need to eat again. It's almost become automatic to us. But feeding ourselves spiritually is something that we actually have to learn to do. You see, we are not just physical beings. We are spiritual beings. And so when we don't learn to feed ourselves spiritually, we can actually become spiritually malnourished. But the thing is, there's actually also triggers or signs that tell us that we're spiritually malnourished. Just like we have physical signs, there are also spiritual signs. So a lack of spiritual nourishment leads to a lack of intimacy with Jesus. When we are spiritually malnourished, it means we actually begin to grow distant from God. We lose our connection with him and our passion for him actually begins to grow cold. So if you're in that place where you're feeling like there's a, a lack of intimacy in your relationship with Jesus, if he feels distant, it could be actually that you're experiencing spiritual malnourishment. Another sign is a lack of understanding of God's will. So when we feel distant from God, it becomes hard to know his will, both in, in a general sense and in specific situations in our lives. You see, our lives become more focused on the everyday things of the world and not on the things that are in God's heart. We actually become desensitized to his will. Another sign of uh, spiritual malnourishment is that it leads to a lack of resistance to sinful temptations. You know, when we're not feeding our spirit, we're actually prone to sin more. And the scary thing is we may not even be aware of it because we've become desensitized to the will of God. So I've found that when my relationship with Jesus isn't as strong as it, it could be, I find that I, I become more short-tempered. I find that I become a little bit more lazy and, and the things of the world just seem to be that little bit more appealing. See, it's in God's spirit in us that gives us the strength to overcome sinful desires and temptations. In fact, in Galatians 5.16, it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. It's the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the strength to overcome sin. Not us in our own strength. It's actually the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the strength to overcome sin. And finally, a lack of spiritual nourishment leads to a lack of faith in God. See, our faith is in God and what he is capable of. But when we feel distant from him, we actually lack the perspective of what he is capable of. So there's a lack of expectancy as to what God is going to do in our life. And the situations that we face in life seem so much bigger than what God is capable of. But the good news is that the opposite is true when we're spiritually nourished. If these are the signs of spiritual malnourishment, then actually when we're feeding our spirit, the opposite is true. So where spiritual nourishment leads to a deeper relationship with Jesus. It leads to a greater understanding of God's will. It leads to freedom from sin and temptation. And it leads to increased faith, a greater expectancy for what God can do in our lives. 
So these are all signs that we are spiritually nourished. But to put it more simply, when we feed our spirit, we experience a life of full, a fulfillment in Christ. When we feed our spirit, we experience a life of fulfillment in Christ. So that leads us to a question, how do we feed our spirit? Well, this is where the passage that Victoria read uh, comes in, uh, which is in John chapter 6. And as, as she shared, this, this actually takes place, takes place right after a familiar incident that many of us will know about, which is the feeding of the 5,000. So in chapter six, we see that after this incredible miracle takes place, it becomes the nightfall and, and Jesus and the disciples, they, they head over the lake that they've just been uh, teaching by and they head to the town of Capernaum or the village of Capernaum. And the next day, the crowd actually wakes up and finds that uh, Jesus and the disciples aren't there. And so they, 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 they've experienced this incredible moment. So they want to find Jesus and find out more about him. And so they notice that the boats on the lake are missing. And so they decide to head over to the lake, assuming that he's gone to the, to the village of Capernaum. And this is where we pick up the story. It says, they found him on the other side of the lake and asked, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. You want to be with me because I fed you, not because you understand, understood the miracle, miraculous signs. But don't be so concerned about perishable things. Spend your energy seeking the eternal life that the Son of Man can give you. For God the Father has given me the seal of his approval. So remember, Jesus has just performed this incredible miracle. And they're beginning to wonder now, could this be the Messiah that the scriptures are talking about? So they decide that they're going to track him down just to find out more. But the problem is, in their heads, this crowd were expecting the Messiah to be someone who was just going to restore Israel from its physical oppression. It was going to be someone who they could make king and uh, would destroy their enemies and make Israel a rich and powerful nation again. But Jesus here, he tells them, don't focus your attention on worldly things. Rather, focus your attention on the thing that will bring you eternal life. In fact, he says, spend your energy seeking it. Jesus tells them that this isn't something that we're supposed to just believe it's not just something that we're supposed to just agree with we're supposed to actively pursue this we spend our energy seeking the eternal life that God can give us and they reply to him with this they say we want to perform good works too what should we do and Jesus told them this is the only work God wants from you believe in the one he has sent and they answered Show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. What can you do? <laughs> I just find this a really funny and interesting response from the crowd. Remember, these guys are the ones who just the day before witnessed Jesus perform a miracle with food. He, turned, he took for 5,000 people 
and actually possibly up to around 15,000 people when you include women and children. He fed 15,000 people with just five loaves of bread and two fish. And yet they're saying, what can you do? You know, they're testing Jesus to see if he can do more miracles. And then they go on to say, after all, our ancestors ate manna while they journeyed through the wilderness. The scriptures say Moses gave them bread from heaven to eat. And so they're referencing, referencing Moses because, again, they're looking for this, uh, this Messiah that's going to be able to rule over them and, and change their physical circumstances. And Moses was someone who was uh, the exact kind of figure that they were looking for. He was the one who uh, took Israel and led them out of oppression and slavery in Egypt, and he led them to the promised land. And they're referencing this story where God uh, intercedes on behalf of the Israelite people for food. And then every day, uh, God would provide manna, which was this kind of thin, flaky bread substance that would appear on the ground, which would be the, the Israelites' daily provision of food. So they're looking for this, uh, this leader who, again, is going to provide daily food for their situation. And I've seen Jesus this day before. He's provided this incredible miracle. And so, like, can you do it again? Can you provide for us again? But Jesus, he responds with this. He says, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. So firstly, Jesus, he actually points out that actually Moses didn't give you anything. The, the manna came from God. It was God who provided for you. And Jesus says, but actually, you don't need this physical bread. You don't need this manna. What you need is the true bread. So what is this true bread? And he, he's not talking about something uh, like a physical food here. He's actually talking about spiritual food. But the thing is, actually, if there is a true bread, then there's also a false bread. And these false breads are actually things that we turn to when we, when we don't feed ourselves spiritually. We turn to other things to try and satisfy us and, and fill that void that is in us. And sometimes these, these false breads can be things that are obviously unhealthy. You know, things such as drugs or heavy drinking or one night stands, you know, all these things that then the things that we know we shouldn't do, they're things that we know are bad for us, but we go to them because they, they offer some sort of short term uh, feel good factor. They offer something in the short term that kind of at least makes an attempt to fulfill that void that we're experiencing. But sometimes the things that uh, we are, uh, we're going to uh, are neither good nor bad. They're kind of neutral things. And these would be things like TV, social media, our careers, you know, relationships. These are things that aren't evil, uh, but they were never meant to be used in a way to, to try and fill that spiritual need, that spiritual nourishment that we, our bodies, our, our spirit needs. And then there's finally, and, and this may come as a surprise to you, but there, there are actually good things that we can go to in order to try and fill that void in an unhealthy way. Now, these would be things like sermons, Christian podcasts, and, and Christian books. Now, again, that, that may come as a surprise to some of you, um, and I just want to make it really clear. What I'm not saying here is that you shouldn't do any of these things. 
In fact, I strongly encourage you to do these things. You know, I watch a lot of sermons throughout the week. Uh, I listen to Christian podcasts and I have an office at home that's full of Christian books that either I've already read or at some point I intend to read. So the problem isn't that we're doing these things. The problem is that these things are other people's experiences and encounters and understanding of God. And we can't live on someone else's experiences and understanding. In other words, we can't live our relationship with God vicariously through someone else. We have to develop our own intimate relationship with God himself. These other things are great things to do. They're great in their, in their right place. But we have to take the experiences, the understanding, the knowledge that they give us, and we actually have to take it to God ourselves so that it becomes not just their understanding and their experience, but our understanding and experience ourselves. So if these things are false breads that we go to, then what is the true bread that Jesus is actually talking about in this passage? Let's look at what he goes on to say in verse 33. He says, the true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, give us that bread every day. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And Jesus tells them that the true bread is the, the bread that gives life to our spirit comes from the one who came down from heaven. Now, we know that Jesus is referring to himself here, but the crowd, they still didn't get it. And they're still looking for someone who's going to meet their physical daily needs. And so they ask him, oh, give us this bread every day. I can just imagine Jesus in this moment kind of thinking, really? You, you still don't understand what I'm saying. So he tells them plainly, he says, I am the bread of life. He's saying, I am the one who gives life. I'm the one, I'm the bread that nourishes your spirit. Then he says, if you come to me, you will never be hungry or thirsty. Now, we know he's not talking about physical hunger here. He's talking about spiritual hunger. He's saying that when you are with me, then I will be all that you need. Then and only then will you be truly satisfied. Now, in this passage, you know, Jesus primarily is talking about salvation through Jesus. But this isn't just about salvation. This is about experiencing the life of God right now. Many of us are actually spiritually malnourished. And as I said in the beginning, if we're going to thrive spiritually, then we have to have a healthy, balanced spiritual diet in order to experience the fullness of the Christian life. In 1 Peter 2, verse 2, Peter tells us that like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation 
cry out for this nourishment. Now, we actually need to crave spiritual milk so that we can experience the fullness of life that salvation offers us. And I love this, this picture of newborn babies. Uh, we've got four children. I, I remember each of them in that newborn baby phase. And, you know, when they're hungry, they cry out for food. They're literally crying. You know, this, as my wife will tell you, in the early days, it just feels like it's constant desire, constantly wanting to feed. And this is what we're told to be like in our, our hunger for the spiritual food that Jesus offers us. We're to crave this pure spiritual milk so that we can experience the full experience of salvation. And the best place for us to start in this is by creating intentional time set aside to spend with God each day. Now, if you think about it, you send, you have, in order to be fed, you, you set special time aside each day to actually eat food. And it's the same with our spiritual uh, self. We actually need to set time aside to uh, actually be in God's presence and feed on him spiritually. And this is something that actually Jesus himself practiced. He would regularly pull away from the crowds to be with the Father. For example, uh, in Mark 1.35, it says, Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. See, Jesus knew that in order for his spirit to be nourished, he needed to create intentional time to be with the Father. And the purpose of this time is not just that we, it's the only time that we spend with God in our day, but to set us up for a day with God. See, we intentionally sit down to eat meals. And when we eat that, we, we're, we're filled and we carry that with us throughout the day until our next meal. And the same thing happens when we sit down to intentionally spend time with Jesus. He is the bread of life. And so when we spend intentional time with him, we are filled with his spirit which we carry with us throughout the day. Now, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be looking more in detail next week about what spending time with Jesus means and how we can make the most of that time to really experience uh, Jesus in, uh, in the fullest sense. And so uh, make sure that you tune in next week to, to hear more about that. But to close, I just want to say, if you are feeling distant from God, if you're feeling a lack of God's presence, it could be that maybe you're experiencing a sense of spiritual malnourishment. Maybe some of the things that I mentioned earlier were things that you're recognizing. I just want to ask you, what are you feeding on? I want to encourage you to go to Jesus, the bread of life, and let him feed your spirit. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I thank you that you are the bread of life. I thank you that you are the one who satisfies our soul. God, I pray that you would teach us how to be people who know how to feed on you. God, I pray that we would be a people who are spiritually nourished, nourished by your presence. Lord, I pray that you would teach us how to set time aside, to be intentional, to be with you. Lord, I pray that you would show us what it means to experience the fullness of the salvation that you've given us. 
Lord, I just pray for those who are in that place of feeling spiritual malnourishment, Lord, that you would just help them and, and encourage them and draw them into a deeper relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.